0: indescribable podcast they'll recap CXG on one indescribable podcast they'll share their points of view and in this one hey it's season three and Bex has got a plan to get revenge on Josh unfortunately Real crappy plan. Yes, that's puns intended. Plus, Stormy is real dumb now. onto your favorite podcast, where we bring all of our heartache for. Yes, that is right. We're here. We're back for the third season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And I have heard that the third season is the most intense season. I call it the Ring of Fire, except not really. That's, you know, more of like the third uh, lie detector reading on some particular situations. But here we are. We are one indescribable uh, a a podcast. I am Adam H., of course, here with you week after week after week as we embark on a new season of the show, which is incredibly exciting. I'm not alone. I'm never alone here. That would be such a terrible podcast if I was alone for just so many reasons. Um, like, truly, that would be so bad. I need I need help. I need my stalwart companions. Of course, we have the person who has been there from day one, from, from conception to birth, to, to childhood, to graduation, all the way until, you know, talking about it with his three
1: podcast hosts.
0: Todd, Todd the Librarian, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing good I'm happy to be here I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to running the game So I can watch you and Lindy duke it out Because you know I love drama Todd does uh,
0: love the drama It's very uh, sneakily Potentially the most Drama loving person on the podcast I think that uh, Todd (laughs) has slept on On a couple of categories um, Including his ability to stir the pot From time to time I think that uh, Todd, Todd deserves some credit there um and don't worry Todd I'll give it to you I'll give you plenty of credit (laughs) on those fronts um but it's not just me and Todd um we have one other person with us as well and I gotta tell you you just should not even get her started about men especially the men on this podcast let (laughs) me tell you Lindy TV Lindy how are you
2: Oh, I'm great. You know, I've been sitting here since 5 a.m. Um, I brought yeah. my own chair. and mm-hmm. But don't worry, I'm not tired. I've been catnapping throughout yes. the day. I'm ready to sit here and generalize about men. Lindy was
0: notoriously like six hours early for the podcast. She brought her own chair. She turned around dramatically right when we came in. Uh, it was a whole thing. Um, this is going to be so much fun here to get into season three um last week we did the episode where lindy uh, went through all of our texts uh and you heard a lot of takes about a lot of stuff so if you haven't listened to that go check it out but we are here today to get into the first episode of the third season of craziest girlfriend we've passed the halfway point and here we are on the other side how exciting i'm thrilled I'm so ready. Both of them are just staring at me, ready to get into the episode. There's no more upfront nonsense here. Let's get into the podcast. Uh Lindy. I, I mean, just thought it would be funnier if we didn't respond.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's always great never Adam's like like, you know, shot out a cannon and we're both just like silent.
0: very much trying to get, a, you know, set him up and, and classically it is very good podcast content to just have two out of the three hosts completely <laughs> ignore what the other one is saying. That is traditionally really really good stuff okay lindy me...
1: us. i don't know what else to say <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, i'm glad uh probably because they know i'm just gonna like keep going i'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: how long can be filibustering that's that's the goal
0: i mean we could just you know, I, yeah i could wrap this up in a tight 20 minutes here just be uh, you know quick thoughts in the podcast except i doubt this is gonna be 20 minutes in fact it might be 20 minutes before we even get to the episode if we don't get there right now lindy take it away
2: All right, this is season three, episode one. Can't believe it. Uh, This one is called Josh's Ex-Girlfriend Wants Revenge. And wow, after the season two finale, it's like, where are we going from here? And this episode starts off, you see Rebecca's desk at the office. Her chair is covered in packages that are just piling up there. And Paula looks over it at it and sighs and nathaniel looks over at it clearly rebecca is not here and that's when maya asks paula if she's heard anything and paula says read the sign with me maya
1: oh, i love this whole sequence just for Because Maya's reading it just very, very, you know, earnestly. And Paula is reading it along with her very, very angrily. And just like the anger and frustration in Paula's reading of the sign is just wonderful.
2: And I have written down the sign.
1: Oh, yes. I'm so excited for this.
2: It says, I don't know where Rebecca is. Stop asking me. After we agreed to destroy Josh Chan, Rebecca excused herself to pee, and I haven't heard from her since. I do know she's alive because she liked my ice bucket challenge video from three years ago.
0: It's just so funny, and I love that she's like turned around reading it to Maya. She clearly has this memorized. Uh, It's just so good, and of course the ice bucket challenge reference. I have to ask the question: Did you all do the ice bucket challenge back in? Boy, what I mean, twenty fourteen. I yeah, something like yeah. I did Uh, do
2: that. Okay, I did
0: too. Yeah, I did too, Todd. Nope. Oh my goodness, Todd! You were never challenged. That was like. That was, like, the thing. I mean, literally, I, I don't know. There, that was just everyone yeah. was doing it.
1: Nope, I was never challenged. I didn't know there people who actually did the challenge. Um, I saw lots of videos, but uh, in my sphere of friends and acquaintances, wasn't a big thing happening. It was, like,
0: uh, high school for me, and so I think, like, that was a very comment
1: lindy you're not that much older than me calm
0: down (laughs) (laughs) wait (laughs) wait wait, hold on lindy you're not that much uh okay you would have been like freshman
2: in college i was in college yeah like a freshman in
0: college i was not
2: a freshman it was like in the summer after like my second year of college i think
0: Okay, I'm yeah, just that's saying just different than So high much older than me. Yeah, I'm mean, so, so much, older, much than older you. We're basically a 40 year old person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Todd, any comment?
0: <laughs> Todd, you could retroactively do the ice. You could do the ice bucket challenge now. Should we challenge you?
1: Um, you could go ahead and see what it gets you.
2: I, that's Todd speak for I'm not doing it, but you guys have fun. <laughs>
1: well, admittedly,
0: a, p- a good portion of uh, this feels very old uh take here, but like a very good portion of the ice bucket challenge was to just raise awareness for ALS. And if you, the whole point of the challenge quote unquote element of it is if you didn't pour the ice water over you, you, you could just donate money yeah. to, you know, ALS research as opposed to actually pouring ice on yourself. In retrospect, Todd did as much for, ALS research either of us did, but <laughs> I mean, we poured the water, I guess, but you know, and you know, yeah, those are all of my ice bucket challenge takes. I think
2: <laughs> I just hearing that reference really brings you back, yeah, like... doesn't it?
0: It brings you back to a very specific time for me, anyway. It's just like, wow, that was really, I remember those years,
2: so anyway. <laughs> Speaking of those years, Uh, speaking of those years, it hasn't quite been years since Rebecca disappeared, but it has been two weeks and Jim and Tim and Mrs. Hernandez all jump in asking questions. Apparently, Mrs. Hernandez was not invited to the wedding.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I just love that. She is not happy about it at all.
2: Why does our note say Mrs.
1: Gonzalez was not because, invited to the wedding? Yes, call people out for getting names wrong, Adam. If it doesn't- I
0: will. <laughs> I have to. Other people do it for me. I have to do it. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Todd came so in funny. on fire.
2: <laughs> Todd messed up a name here, and I get smashed for it. Wait. Okay, now I get it. It is really fun to just sit here when someone else calls out someone else, and I am not involved. Yeah. <laughs> that was You're wonderful. Welcome. You're welcome. Your
0: takes in a second, Lindy. Yeah, but Mrs. yes, McDonald Adam, was not like... invited. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe Mrs. Gonzalez was not invited either. I don't know, but
2: I don't know. <laughs> no, you know,
1: you know I I okay. have no excuse. I got the name wrong. Moving on. <laughs> I'm.
2: I, I wasn't going to say anything, so jokes on adam okay so (laughs) wow (laughs) wow after a great start in season three here so paula tells them all to leave and then we get the first song the episode first song of the season already we're getting right to it this song is called where's rebecca bunch adam where's rebecca bunch at the,
0: like a West Covina hotel or whatever. Um, I love this song so much. I think it does just an incredible job of setting up season three here. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be like the season three theme because we hadn't gotten a theme song up to this point. Like I didn't know what they were doing there. I didn't you know I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, but we get like the full cast in this song. And I think they just do such a good job of it going forward. There's a ton of like little tidbits of who's wearing what and, you know, little lines here and there throughout the song that I really love. Um, But I love it. I think they set like a great tone, great energy here uh, at the start of season three.
2: Todd, what about you?
1: Yeah, I really enjoy this song. I don't think I'm quite as high on it as Adam is, but I, I do like it a lot. I had some like really funny lines. I think my favorite one is the whole town is a Twitter because the whole town is on Twitter. I love that line. Uh I love whenever Rebecca is a, a storming towards the store and she like I think it's even she's in the store, uh, she's bought all of her supplies and she like steps on the pretzel and destroys a pretzel, like symbolizing that she is now the scorned woman bit on revenge. You know, a uh, no. It has a lot of stuff that I really enjoy. Uh, I also love the fact that a uh, Nathaniel's basically dressed as a fop and this, you know, singing in this very foppish voice is a lot of fun. The return of George and George getting fired again is really funny. There's lots of lots of little tidbits uh, yeah, through it that I really enjoy.
2: Yeah, uh, Todd, the pretzel Rebecca stepping on it is probably the most. The thing that jumped out to me the most about the song like there's a lot going on but having her just step on that pretzel it's so symbolic it's like this is not the bright happy optimistic West Covina the pretzel represents so many wonderful things like this pretzel is now smashed on the ground like Rebecca is here for revenge she is not happy and I also love the look on her face at the end it's really great and yeah i'm not as high on the song as adam is i think it's really good it's super well done but in terms of like listening to it again i probably wouldn't except like in the show but outside of the show i don't think this is one that i would come back to so then we get a scene with paula and scott uh they're one of the major storylines in this episode Scott is asking her about Rebecca, and Paula says, love has not been kind to her. And then Scott says, uh, not everyone is as lucky as we are. (laughs) And, okay, because then they start talking about all these rules that have been set up in order to, what's Operation Restore Marital Trust After Infidelity, (laughs)
1: Yeah, it needs a much shorter and catchier name. It doesn't even it's not even a real like you can't do no acronym nice there acronym yeah. for it, you know. There's there's nothing there. Orm tie. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah, like tie. Just no, no, come on, Paula. You gotta you gotta do better than this. Plus the whole <laughs> idea is stupid. But if it's well starting with the name on down.
2: Name could be better, and yes, it's it's really intense because Scott has to sign in every night, and he has to take lie detector tests. It's a lot, but Scott is super happy to do it. Like, he's excited about this. He's excited about how well he's been doing, and he's saying that he only has to pass one more lie detector test in in order to sleep in the bed again.
1: Yeah, and, and Scott kind of fails his insight check to read Paula's reaction to that because Paula is clearly like regretting her choices in a lot of ways. You could, you could tell that the thought that, you know, she's about to limp back into their marital bed is kind of, she's feeling conflicted about it. And Scott's just so happy that every, he's doing what he's been asked to do. And he's like met all the challenges. He's just happy. Things are going back to normal. And Scott, pretty obvious that Paula isn't quite sure if she's ready to go back to normal yet. She's still a little uh, uncertain about things, but Scott doesn't really catch it at all. He just like plows forward and Paula tries to put on a brave face, but doesn't do a very good job of it. I think like the,
0: I don't love this. For Paula, actually, I think in 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 kind of what they're describing as Orm uh, I don't think I'm a huge fan of it um, for a couple of reasons. And number one, I think it does create that confusion with or not necessarily confusion, but it, it puts Scott in that situation where he thinks that once he checks off the boxes or once he's you know able to pass the lie detector test or all the different steps that they've outlined in whatever this agreement is. That, like, all is forgiven and it's done. They can, like, put that behind them and then basically have that be a non-factor going forward. And it just, like, that's not a reasonable expectation to set when something like this happens. And I think that, like, Paula is struggling because she wanted to, you know, punish Scott in a lot of ways for something that he did very, very wrong. But in doing so, has, like basically given Scott the out here of like, once you check these boxes, then I get to put my whatever back in the drawer. I get to be back in the bed things are whatever back to normal. And then we're, then we're done. And so um, I don't love it. I don't love it for anyone. I don't think, you, I mean, number one, you. <laughs> I don't really think people should be going through lie detector tests at home. If like, that is a thing you're having to do multiple times, there are probably greater issues at play that you should be considering. And you know, maybe reconsider your decisions there, but like, I don't know. I didn't love this for Paula. uh, And I think um, it didn't put Scott in a great spot either.
2: Yeah. We'll see the way it plays out in this episode. And parts of it are certainly uncomfortable, Um, but we'll get to that. Um, So there has been a meeting called at the office and everyone is walking into the conference room. They don't seem to know why they're there. Maya says that she got an anonymous Google calendar invite and the subject line was "insidious business." I love that. And Nathaniel asks, "Was this you, Daryl?" Like it makes so little sense. It seems like a you thing.
1: I love it because it's it's a great insult and you know pretty pretty spot on too. But also, Daryl's just so happy. Like, oh, I have a me thing. You know, he's just so Wanting happy some to
0: other me things yeah
1: <laughs> he's just so happy to have a thing that's all his you know he's just the insult goes right past daryl and daryl's or look at the silver lining
0: i do love that no one questioned this up until they got in the meeting like you get the invite for the meeting that says insidious business and you're like
2: yeah okay
0: uh, i'm excited to go to that in a half an hour <laughs> like-
2: i mean to be fair that's a meeting i would show up for <laughs> <laughs> yeah I want to know what that's you, about.
0: Okay, confirmed. Lindy would show up to a meeting sent by an anonymous anonymous person that says insidious business.
2: It's at the it's at their office. It's not like they have to go to some it random was, place. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, although like the, it was like a like well it was like a Google Calendar invite though. Like it, Rebecca was inviting non-office people to the meeting room in this office. So you clearly like, didn't have meeting. to be. Well, but Okay,
2: Same. I'm just saying you're working at your office and you get an invite that says insidious business and it's mm-hmm. in the conference room like ten feet away. You're saying you're not going.
0: I think I'm like asking a question before oh I gosh. get there. I'm, I'm like... showing
2: up. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and... I'm sure
1: though that's probably like the the like on the list of weird meetings that have been called at White Feather Associates is probably pretty far down the list. I mean, I'm, they're true. probably have gotten plenty of really bizarre meeting requests and things. I mean, Karen alone. I just think of the meetings that Karen had to have called <laughs> while she was working there, so.
2: Where is Karen? What do you mean while she was working there? Is she gone?
1: Um, She wasn't in this episode at all. Wasn't in the opening number. Didn't show up anywhere. Uh, honestly, I don't think we see Karen again on the show. Are you serious? We don't? Wow.
0: Can our safe word still be penis, though?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always. Okay, good. Always. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything towards the end of last season, but I'm pretty sure that the like the last like thing with Karen uh, was just her name being on the gift bag at Rebecca's bachelorette party. Huh? Wow. But she wasn't even in the episode. I'm
2: I pretty... didn't even recall that we wouldn't see her again, and I'm devastated. I don't yeah. think... I don't even I know. Continue.
1: Yeah, I'm looking up to double check, but I'm pretty sure we don't see Karen again. And they they never really reference her at all. They never she never really comes up. They don't make a big deal about her leaving. She just isn't around anymore, which is very sad because Karen was awesome.
2: Do you have the answer yet?
1: I'm I'm still looking it up, so we can move on, and I'll.
2: All right. Well, Paula goes to leave the room, and then you hear Rebecca say not so fast mama and then she spins around in this chair at the end of the room and everyone is shocked they all gasp and her hair has been dyed we saw her buy the stuff for that in the song and she's wearing this white dress and she's smiling she looks great and they are all just so shocked and she smiles and she says i know My hair is dark, so I look evil, but I'm wearing white, which is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, this is, like, uh, definitely in my top five favorite line reads in the show. I just absolutely (laughs) am obsessed with the way she says ironic at the end of that sentence. (laughs) It's incredible.
1: I know. She's leaning into the evil villain line read so much. It's a great little scene. Oh, and I did confirm Karen, her last episode was in season two, so... Oh, that's devastating that is tough to hear
2: I don't like that but anyway we must move on and um I just love the scene I love Rebecca's confidence she tells everyone she's been here since 5 a.m for the big reveal uh she brought this chair she's been catnapping so she's not <laughs> tired and she saw the locally trending hashtag wondering where she's been. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what I like is after she does her her line read about, you know, my hair's dark so I look evil. Aaron's like, no, we're actually surprised because we haven't heard from you since the wedding, <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, I mean, yeah, the look is one thing, but still, no, it's the fact that we haven't even seen you or heard from you in two weeks. That's why we're surprised.
2: Well, you know where she's been? She has been in a cocoon of female submission, but she has now emerged from that, as a scorned butterfly, dagger in hand.
0: <laughs> She's so good in this scene. It's really well done. It's incredible. Yeah,
2: it's and amazing. Nathaniel asks to talk to Rebecca alone, and he makes everyone else leave. And he says to her, you know, I know you've had a tough time, but you have to answer calls, texts, emails, you know, write a thank you note for the artisanal pears I left at your door. <laughs> and rebecca's response is just continuing her new persona here she's like oh my gosh nathaniel did you send me a bunch of weird girly crap
0: the the look on nathaniel's face of just like uh (laughs) he was just like speechless uh he had had like the proverbial upper hand so many times in their relationship and rebecca just like came in swinging and he was not ready for it
2: like such a change of pace but it's just so fun to watch she's like you're adorable kind of sad and unsexy but adorable (laughs) like she is like you said adam has the upper hand now over him and he says like you're different now and she says there's a flame burning around me and i booked this room so get out of here this is the most important case of my life and he goes to leave and she says walk slowly i want to watch those pants move
1: and then as he walks out, he puts his hands over his butt and tries to cover his butt as he's walking out and she's looking at him. It cracks me up so much to have like Nathaniel be like self-conscious of the woman's gaze and feel like objectified. It's just such a bizarre thing for him, but it's just is so funny the way that he sells it. It's so great.
2: And then we get the second meeting in the conference room. This time it is Heather, Valencia, and Paula. And it's funny because when Nathaniel made everyone leave before, Paula was like, but I'm in the next meeting. So So she's come back for this one. It's the girl group forever. And they're chatting before Rebecca gets there. And Heather says something that is just totally uh, glossed over. She says she got her outfit from a scarecrow can we dive into this what is this about yeah
1: yeah because valencia compliments her outfit and i was like yeah thanks i got it from a scarecrow and then the conversation just keeps on moving they don't you know interrogate that very interesting
2: uh, tidbit at all so yeah i don't know i want to see the heather show i mean <laughs> that would be wonderful there's so there's a Okay, from this sentence alone, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with Heather that we'll yeah. never see in the Rebecca show, which is what this is, you know. What would the Heather show be like? That would be incredible.
0: In another sense, though, I kind of like not knowing. I love that they're able to just, like, basically throw in all these throwaway lines that, like, they never have to show us or, like, pay them off in any way, and they still get to, like, include them. It's it's very funny. I also like to think that both like Valencia Paula and and um, Rebecca are just like yeah she got it from a scarecrow okay like yeah that's let's right let's
2: move on <laughs> let's get to the meeting and Valencia is talking about how she has a meeting with a bride and groom coming up I guess she's had you know some experience now with Rebecca and Josh's wedding and is trying to build off of that and then Todd do you want to say the the wonderful heather line here that i'm sure you love Uh
1: yeah so they're talking about how you know um rebecca is going to tell him the, the plan to get revenge on josh and he's like oh great uh, i love drama and i use the i love drama gif of heather so much like it's one of my favorite gifts to just deploy um usually a, a Usually, like when describing Adam or Adam's D and D character, I think it's a frequent time that I deploy that because Adam, as has been said many times, loves to stir the pot, loves the drama. So anytime Adam, this Adam,
2: pot, I know Adam
1: H? hold
0: on me, <laughs> Adam loves to oh, stir just the calm pot. Down with the slander, there, Don. Let's take it easy.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, did I get, did I get name wrong again? I, I must have. yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It was, uh, yeah. But no, I was like the episode and got to that point, I'm like, oh,
2: it's the GIF! It's the GIF!
1: I was very excited to get to that point.
2: And then Rebecca walks in, and they all compliment her. It's wonderful. <laughs> Again, she looks great. And she kind of recaps what's happened. Like, I was thrown through a loop. Did I question the nature of existence? Of course. But I went on a retreat and took time to Blue Sky Workshop ideate. And most importantly transform and she does this little flick with her hands as she says transform like over her dress it's just magnificent again Rebecca like the performance here is amazing I love it so much
1: Yep, I think one of the things I love about her performance through all of this and it happens a few times both in the previous meeting and this meeting is she has this like her evil veneer up but then she like will break and you see old Rebecca picking through like whenever Paula comes over to give her like, highlight, no, stop, Paula, I'm trying to do a thing. And just like these little moments where they'll say something, she'll be like, oh, we thing, oh, no. You know, just be real, real Rebecca. Then she's like, no, 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 gotta get back into character, gotta get back into character. I love that those little breaks to show that she is definitely putting on a performance. She is putting on this role. She is trying to become this, you know, evil Rebecca. And, but underneath, it's still the same old Rebecca. She's just like putting on a performance for everybody. And I love that little touch of it as well.
2: And Rebecca starts telling everyone that she has come up with a plan, a Chan plan, to destroy Josh Chan. And she wants to get revenge.
1: Yeah, but she doesn't quite say revenge, does she? She says, revenge, as the French say it. Except apparently that's not how the French say it. Well, the word
0: for re- She does say this. The word for revenge yeah. in in French is vengeance. Yeah. And I love that she, she said that. So she's like, revenge, except the French don't say that. They say vengeance. Love that. Love the French education. <laughs>
1: Even though she continues to use... Yeah, she
0: does continue to say revenge, which is very confusing because <laughs> she took the time to explain what it actually was <laughs> in French. So she maybe wouldn't have
1: to say the wrong word, but... You know.
2: It's like when she was engaged. You know, she loves to yes. do the little emphasis.
1: Yeah. But another part of that is the fact that she actually says, as the French say, revenge. Except they don't really say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like if you just said revenge, you wouldn't have thought anything about it because we would have thought it was just like engaged. You know, we just thought she was like doing the weird emphasis on the syllables. But instead, <laughs> she's very much like saying, it's like the French say it, except it's not really like the French say it. They actually, this another thing, but I'm still going to say it because I think it sounds better this way than what the French actually say. It's just, it's, just, it's a very Rebecca thing to do, I think. Uh, I think if anyone else had done it, Rebecca would have been outraged that they were butchering the language. because you Rebecca's mean doing it. outrage, outrage yes. <laughs> yeah. Todd.
2: And they are so excited to hear her idea, her Chan plan. And she says it's is it cop- coprophagia. coprophagia and they're coprophagia. all confused
1: yeah <laughs> I was not confused I was
2: no oh Todd no. you knew what that was knew what it before this was. Was. Uh, yeah i never heard that I word before I had no idea
0: what they were talking about when they just said the word you knew that word <laughs> Yeah.
2: good job <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that
0: uh, yeah probably not good job actually Sorry, now that we're thinking job. about context like I don't. We probably shouldn't spend too long on it. Todd, you got like like a fifteen second. Absolutely hated this whole thing. Or
1: yeah, I mean the fact that everyone else hated it made it better. The fact that okay. Everyone was like, "No, no, it's the worst idea ever." Well, uh, let me
2: explain her idea in case yeah. you know anyone has oh, forgotten. I, okay, I was hope. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Dude, you you Do not want still, me to? I, I didn't want to put Todd through it, like because it comes yeah, I mean, up a lot. I mean, Todd yeah. can
2: just not listen. Okay, yeah. Todd,
0: close your ears close your la, 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 um she says it's no. poop
2: <laughs> it's poop stuff i'm gonna mail him my poop but tell him it's cupcakes and she thinks this is the greatest idea ever
1: i, I, do, and they love, all... I do love rebecca's revenge plans are just as awful as all of her romantic plans like never she would come up with plans herself like remember her whole plan about trying to get greg and josh to go on a uh, have them both win trips and she'd like, you know, parasail in and, oh, look, we're all here type thing. I mean, her planning skills are not great. And it's not like she suddenly has gone off the deep end and now she's lost all of her skills, though her skills have never been great at coming up with plans. Like Paula was really the master planner between the two of them. So I do love that the, the horribleness of her plans remains constant, even though I don't really like that. She apparently watched the help, uh, one too many times to get this idea i do i like the
0: general idea of like a tainted cupcake being sent um it was something that happened on the office when todd packer sent the drug-laced cupcakes to everyone and they ate them and the montage after that was very very funny um i think there's like potentially some humor there We focused on maybe the wrong thing Rebecca did uh, for what would be on top of the cupcake. I think we could have maybe done better in that front, but...
2: So you're saying she should have put drugs in it? I think that... We are an anti putting (laughs) putting that in unsuspecting... I'm not saying our listeners
0: should do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying if you're trying... What was that face, Lily? I'm saying if you are Rebecca Bunt in this situation, trying to get back at Josh Chan... Maybe instead of what you think you should put on that cupcake, you should put something else. You don't think you would you you're more in favor of this plan than my hypothetical plan for Rebecca. Lindy. Obviously, I'm
2: not in favor of the plan. I'm not coming out in favor of the plan either. You're coming out
0: in favor of your plan, which is just as bad. I'm saying it's better. It's a better plan. We get better content. If that plan is executed, we'll see.
1: I, I would say I would be more willing to watch that plan, yeah. Rebecca's plan. I would I'm be just too busy like, dry heaving it. during if we saw Rebecca's plan oh. and, uh, play out. So last scene was
2: tough. Well, <laughs> we'll see a little bit. Um. So then we go right to Daryl tasting White Josh's protein bars. Probably a bad place to transition to after hearing that plan oh but... the actual
0: what, is, what was the actual transition because it was so funny oh no oh yeah it was rebecca saying all about the whatever poop in the cupcake and i think we we smashed cut to white or daryl saying what's that smell or something like that <laughs> right I think that was right. the smash cut it was very good
2: it's uh ant protein is what it is <laughs> sounds delicious But Daryl tastes it and says he likes it, and then he starts turning this into a parenting metaphor, which is apparently what he's been doing with everything, you know, talking about how, you know, you've birthed this idea, stuff like that. And I love this from White Josh. He says, we have chalked birth to death, (laughs) (laughs) which is obviously two meanings there. I love that. Basically, you know, at that wedding, Daryl suggested that they have a baby. Obviously, that was really abrupt for White Josh. Daryl has been bringing it up for these two weeks now, every chance he gets. And so Daryl suggests, like, maybe we should see a therapist about this. Um, I guess he sees many people for his problems, (laughs) including someone who has told him he has a ghost in his foot.
1: I think that was his Reiki specialist who told him he has a ghost in his foot.
0: Yeah. He might have a ghost in his foot. I I don't know. Yeah,
1: who's to say? But the real question is: Is the ghost in his foot obsessed with Valencia? Because as we know from season one, Valencia thinks that all ghosts are obsessed (laughs) obsessed with her.
2: Oh my gosh, I forgot that. (laughs) Um, and White Josh is saying to Daryl, like, I'm trying to get people to eat these bars, and then I can think about other stuff. Clearly, it's just an excuse, but Daryl takes that at face value.
1: It's like, silly Y-Joe, don't you know Daryl by now? Don't you know the few games like that? Oh, if this one thing gets done, then hey, I can think about the thing. And like, Daryl's going to take that and run with it.
2: We will see that. <laughs> but first we see Rebecca continuing to explain her plan to the girl group. And Valencia asks, like, is this part one of the plan? um like is this part 1 and then he eats that and then he like stumbles down the stairs onto a dead body and he thinks he killed someone and we frame him like stuff amazing like
0: that. idea from Valencia there incredible top notch idea would highly recommend <laughs>
2: <laughs> the group is into it but rebecca is not she's like no no like the root of this idea is i have crap on my face cuz he humiliated me and now he deserves to eat crap like <laughs> It makes so much sense to her, but obviously everyone else is a little concerned about this plan. And Paula says, you know, i love that idea, but let's toss around some other ideas. <laughs> and Rebecca is like, yeah, this doesn't feel like a safe space anymore. I don't feel like you're listening to my idea which is when uh, paula promises that they're gonna love the next idea which was a bad thing to say like you don't know what rebecca's gonna say and you promised to love it
0: i think it's yeah. funny because paula so desperately wants to support rebecca here in this whole meeting like the whole time she's just like so desperately wanting to get on rebecca's side and then rebecca c- comes up with such a terrible idea and she- paula's like you know i love that idea But it's like she has to equivocate all this because it's just so bad.
2: I do love the supportiveness. But yeah, (laughs) Rebecca says, okay, well, it's sexy. It's dangerous. It's clickbait. (laughs) It's like, what is she talking about? How does that describe her idea? Although we actually do see you can understand why she chose those words. Because you see her on the phone, cut to her on the phone Everyone's listening and she is trying to put out a casting call to get someone who looks exactly like her ex-fiance. Her plan is to make a fake sex tape in which he says he hates Jesus and this is going to ruin his reputation because he's trying to become a priest. And Valencia, Heather and Paula are in the background like, oh, no, (laughs)
1: I don't know why, it's like a flawless plan, you know?
0: I I think it's better (laughs) than the other plan.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're both awful, but... uh, We're not sure between the things. things things. If you want to see, (laughs) this is definitely higher on the list.
2: Yes. We are going to see how this plan turns out. Um... Paula is explaining it to Scott as though it makes sense like it's a fake sex tape (laughs) and Scott's like how how is this going to work and Paula says it's the worst idea of all time I don't know. Yeah,
1: It's the worst idea of all time except for her first idea was somehow even worse idea.
2: And then we go back to Paula and Scott's you know I can't even remember the acronym their operation. To restore trust, Warm-pop. and yes, and Scott puts on the lie detector. Yeah, it's so weird. They've just got a lie detector like on their kitchen table. A
0: huge <laughs> machine on that table too. Like they're clearing it off all the time. Like, is it there?
2: But I will say, if anyone was going to acquire one of these, I could see how it would be Paula. Yeah. Like somehow. <laughs> um. But Scott is excited to do this because you know they'll get to sleep in the same bed again and paula says that you know not so fast like this third round i call it the ring of fire (laughs) and then she starts asking scott questions uh she asks about tanya and if they talk at work and he's like yeah sometimes i have to talk to her for work and she asks if they flirt and if he finds tanya attractive and he's like uh Yes, I do. I did the thing with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, But he doesn't find her more attractive than Paula. And he doesn't love her. And, you know, after all these questions about Tanya, Paula says, you passed. In the most, like, disappointed, shaky voice. Like, oh, yay, but not yay. Because now, now you've passed all the requirements. And I can't use those as as an excuse for not letting you back in the bed you know but again scott does not notice this hesitancy and paul is like look at the time i have auditions for the fake sex tape (laughs) it's hard for me to like blame
0: scott for not not notice. i mean like it seemed very noticeable to us because we're watching right but like I don't know. I'm like imagining if I'm Scott in the situation. We, we didn't talk about this before, but like the earlier stuff where Paula was making him like check in every night or like or sign in or, or like clock or whatever, like the hours. And he's like doing these lie detector tests. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be taking lie detector tests uh, for your relationship.
2: I mean, I think the requirements are clearly ridiculous and not really going to solve the root of the trust issue that they have obviously him signing in doesn't mean like oh you've signed in you know 30 times in a row on time great i trust you again um but also i think scott should pick up on paula's clear like non-excitement about this i think it's really easy to see that she was not feeling excited about this like he was
1: yeah, it speaks of some some real communication issues in their marriage. If he cannot, you know, discern that this is not a uh, bringing her as much joy as it's bringing him.
2: So then we see the auditions for the Josh Chan lookalike. This is so funny. Like all Rebecca, Valencia, Heather, and Paula are sitting on the couch. And this guy's auditioning. Rebecca's, like, yelling at the guys about how it's supposed to be. Apparently, there are NDAs that they had to sign for this. Like, this is a whole big production. And the next guy walks in the room. His name is Colin Crowley. And (laughs) he looks exactly like Josh. Except he's got this long hair and, like, a goatee and a British accent. (laughs) So... It's not Josh, but he looks exactly like Josh. And they all notice it right away. Except Rebecca is kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was, I kind of wanted, you know, cast an American. And he's like, oh, I can do American accents. He displays a whole list of them and then ends on, I can do Southern California, dude. And then he not only looks exactly like Josh, he sounds exactly like Josh
0: the and rebecca seemed like enamored in that moment when he was like doing the southern california like rebecca was like you could just like see the gears in her head start to turn and i'm just like no 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 no
2: (laughs) (laughs) and as colin is walking out the door nathaniel walks up he's wearing clearly like a running outfit and colin walks out and he says to nathaniel i booked it mate sorry cheers (laughs) (laughs) he thinks he was there to audition even though he looks nothing like the rest of the guys who were there i was gonna say there were
0: like six other like same height size filipino guys right next to him and like the tall white nathaniel comes running up and totally completely he's like yeah this is the person that i'm gonna address right now
2: (laughs) so rebecca gets all the other guys to leave And you know, the other women are inside saying, like, when are we ending this? You know, Valencia is asking. And Paula says, you know, as a mother, I know the more you forbid it, the more they want it. So we just have to ride this out. That is Paula's plan. And then we go back outside to Nathaniel and Rebecca. Uh Rebecca asks, or well, Nathaniel asks what all these guys are doing here. And she's like, Well, uh, I you'd have to sign an NDA. So She can't tell him. <laughs> and then I love this. Uh, she asked what he's doing here. And he's like, oh, you know, I was running by and like my phone died. Thought I'd stop by. She's like, but you live across town. Listen, buddy, you're talking to the queen of I just happen to be here.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. Like, Because if anyone is going to be able to see through that sort of lie, it's Rebecca. She's told it so many times, whether it's running into Josh somewhere or his mother somewhere or Greg somewhere or whatever. She has popped up in the most inconvenient places so many times. Oh,
2: yeah, no, I just happened to come here.
1: So she knows.
2: Exactly. And then we get kind of a continuation of the dynamic from the conference room earlier. Rebecca's like, I get what's happening. You're clearly developing feelings for me you feel low status you know status reversals are confusing and now you are understandably obsessed with me and he's like that's not it at all she says you're mesmerized or you're saying you're not mesmerized by my sudden lack of interest my cold unavailable vibe and she's saying this and like leaning into him and like being all suggestive (laughs) she knows exactly what she's doing and in the background, you can hear the let's have intercourse music. Love that callback. And he's like, no. And she says, interesting. Because your thin shorts say otherwise.
0: <laughs> that, again, like the same look on Nathaniel's face destroys me. It's just <laughs> so fun to like see him just be like totally helpless and powerless in this situation especially since he was like clearly coming here to try and like you know either reestablish like the power dynamic or like move something forward with Rebecca. His like being here was very intentional and like again, just the exact opposite happens and it's so good.
2: Yeah. And then she is so dismissive of him. She's like, "I'd be happy to take you for a tumble sometime, but not right now. I'm busy with something." <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. I'll I'll I can do that for you later, but, you know,
1: Scott Michael Foster just such a great job with Nathaniel in these scenes, just like showing the complete befuddlement that he has because he's never felt like this before. He's never been in this position before, and he just doesn't know how to deal with it. It's great.
2: It's like he just woke up from a man nap and he's all discombobulated, doesn't know what's going on. Um, and then we go to uh, an uncomfortable scene. <laughs> while the, that scene we just talked about was really fun uh this one yeah so Paula and Scott are in bed together they're talking about wheel of fortune and Scott's like I'd like to buy a kiss and i mean that's cheesy but cute and she says okay and they kiss and they talk about how they've missed each other and then they start you know building up and then Paula asks Scott to call her Tanya and she like insists on it and then we cut to you know after they've slept together she says I don't know what that was and I never want to discuss it yikes (laughs) uh uh,
0: (laughs) just like big yikes for the whole situation
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We, we really don't want to discuss it either. I, I, I'm, I'm, like, pa- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I have, like, nothing to
1: say. Like, that's just brutal.
2: I mean, yes. The good thing is we will get a very concise, you know, explanation of the psychology behind it from Heather. So we don't really have to analyze this ourselves.
1: Yeah. Once again, thank you, Heather.
2: Shout out to Heather. Um, so then we see uh, Daryl walks into home base in an anteater costume. I mean, you would expect nothing less from Daryl. He goes all in on things. Uh, he is handing out these protein bars made by White Josh. And White Josh walks in because Daryl had texted him, Surprise Time.
0: <laughs> and this is why Insidious Business would be a very normal topic for Daryl <laughs> to set a meeting on.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> I just love that White Josh gets a text that says, Surprise Time. Presumably, Saying he should show up to home base, and it's like, what he must have been expecting versus seeing Daryl in an anteater costume—two very different things.
0: I was immediately obsessed with the anteater costume, especially like <laughs> the the tongue coming out. Yeah. Of I just loved it so
1: much. And Daryl doing the honk, honk honk honk, yeah, it was like really getting into it, yeah, because he like. Couldn't f- figure out what anteaters actually sounded like. So he just was doing honk honk. I was going to say, what do you think anteaters sound like? Besides,
0: I mean, I will always and forever now go honk when we talk about anteaters. But I, what, what do you think they sound like?
2: Well, talking about one of my favorite things um, on Animal Crossing, the villager Antonio, I think his starting phrase is honk. So that kind of suggests to me that they might say honk.
0: Is Antonio an anteater?
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I meant to say that. That was that's obvious to me. That's a
0: big. <laughs> I mean, Hulk, a very Hulk, important part yeah. of the story there. i he wanted believe
2: he was an
1: anteater, but it was never. You know, I was literally excited, like, so. "Wait a minute! So.
0: Just this random guy just say honk." Therefore, that's what he is.
2: No, he's an anteater, and he says honk. And I love Animal Crossing. I'm glad I got to talk about it on this podcast.
0: <laughs> Do you still play? That was like huge, uh, right as the
2: shutdown happened i play every single day
0: you play animal crossing every single day absolutely oh my gosh if anyone wants to play animal crossing with lindy uh hit her up please Uh, do let me know actually
2: i don't know yeah you can visit other people's islands okay let me know yeah visit her island honk you know (laughs) i used to have antonio but i don't anymore
0: wow rip
2: (laughs) he's still alive
0: I don't know what kind of I don't know. I don't know. I never I never played.
2: He's still alive. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, Daryl has done a great job of marketing these bars. He's come up with a name, you know, the Anteater protein bar, and he got someone to make graphics for them. And Daryl's like, well, now your career is on its way, so you can focus on tinier, cuter things. And <laughs> this causes why Josh to say, maybe we do need a therapist. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah because this i mean what daryl does here is great daryl like comes up with a marketing strategy daryl comes up with a costume daryl does all this stuff that's really great to move white josh's business forward but his impetus for doing it is like oh well this thing that i really want us to do can't happen until white Josh's thing happens and so i'm gonna you know push it forward, not necessarily pushing it forward to make white Josh happy, but pushing it forward to make himself happy. So like his motivation behind it, even though he's doing a good thing, his intentions for why he's doing it aren't the best. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think seeing a therapist is definitely a good thing for them to be able to talk this all out.
0: I definitely agree with that. Uh, that that's certainly a, the big portion of what his intentions are. The one thing I will say to Daryl's credit he's not like trying to hide how he feels about what he wants. Um, there's like a very fundamental disconnect between the two of them about what they actually want in the relationship. And there are very big problems that they definitely should be seeing a therapist for, but I don't think Daryl is like, I mean the whole episode, he is very clear and you know, throughout most of Daryl, he like had a kid to start the series with like white Josh should, should know it, it shouldn't
2: come as a huge shock to anyone that Daryl likes kids. Um that's different though than Daryl pressuring white Josh to have a baby together. For sure I'm b- and bringing it up in every single conversation like that's I'm a saying, lot.
0: I, I it's not uh, insane for me to like that's to see that that's like what Daryl is doing. I think like that is Daryl's character That is like who we have seen Daryl be. Um, oh I mean, sure, like, it's not like, as I don't, character. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, like no. crazy for for Daryl to sorry. I don't think it's a crazy leap here that like Daryl is doing that and why Josh to be as upset as he is about it, I think is a little confusing to me.
2: But I mean, Daryl brought this up abruptly two weeks ago and now will not stop talking about it in any conversation, no matter what the topic is. That's got to be frustrating for white Josh, who like doesn't really know what his feelings are about this. Like it'd be better to have time to think rather than Daryl just bringing this up every day, all the time, when he just thought of this two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I th- think that's one of the things that, and again, it's very fitting for for his uh, character to like get this idea and become obsessed with it and run with it. But even after he tells White Josh, I'm going to stop doing this, he keeps on doing it. I think that could be where part of the frustration comes in. Like, I know I said I'd stop bringing it up, but then I'm going to bring it up. And oh, I know I said stop bringing it up, but oh, I'm going to bring it up. So I think that is probably a lot of the frustration as well. And Again, like, yeah, Daryl's being very upfront about it, but it's also a little manipulative. Like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff for you just so I can get my way. I think it's a, uh, yeah, White Josh should know what he's got into with Daryl to a certain degree, but I think he's also justified to be frustrated that even after he has made it explicit, it's the thing like White Josh made explicit, I am not interested in this. And Daryl has just kept pushing and pushing. So it's like Daryl's wants and needs are overriding White Josh's wants and needs. And so they need to have, you know, come to some sort of agreement. I don't think it's uh, out of line for White Josh to be frustrated at the fact that he has been very clear that I don't want to explore this right now. And Daryl just does everything he can. And yeah, white Josh did like, again. I said earlier, like white Josh, you should have known by saying this, like, well, I have to focus on this thing. You know, he's trying to do like this little maneuver to, to like push it down the road. Uh, And Daryl like took that ball and ran with it. So I do think that there are like, they both have valid feelings and thoughts through this whole thing. And I, again, I think therapy is the right way for them to go because a white Josh is getting frustrated because Daryl's not listening to him. Daryl's getting frustrated because white Josh won't even consider what he's proposing. So the therapy is definitely the way for them to go. But I think that they're both, a, it's definitely not a clear cut. One of them is wrong. One of them is right type thing.
2: So then we go back to the girl group. I just call them that because it's easier than listing their names out every time. Um, and Paula is telling Heather about what happened with her and Scott. And she says it was horrifying, but the sex was amazing. Like, what what is that? And Heather says, basically, like, the only way you can feel sexy right now is to imitate the female he chose over you. Like, you're feeling insecure. So that's why this happened. And It's a great, succinct explanation. And Paula's like, what class did you learn that in? And Heather says, that's just me. (laughs) I'm thinking about becoming a life coach. Or maybe a mime. (laughs) (laughs) That's just like the scarecrow line. Like, why is she thinking about becoming a mime? I want to know more.
1: There are a few non-sequiturs from Heather this episode that feel even more out there than normal. The mime and the scarecrow. They're both hilarious. But they also, I don't know, they don't, quite fit heather in some ways they also really fit heather in some ways are very very strange but yeah i love that like because those two things life coach and mime they're like you know equally linked you know
2: i'm assuming that was a joke
1: <laughs> yes yes that was a joke
2: <laughs> um and there are so many funny parts of this episode. Valencia walks out and she's talking <laughs> about how she just had to put makeup on a man's butt crack and it took forever because he was sweaty.
0: Oh, that line destroys me <laughs> with her face. She was just so disgusted. Oh, that's
2: so good. And apparently he smells like pencil shavings and vinegar.
0: Yes
1: the tough combination
2: (laughs) how do you smell like that though like
1: i don't want to know yeah i don't want to I just keep keep that smell far away from me it's all i can say
2: and valencia's like this has gone too far but paula still says like she's gonna realize this is the wrong path but it can't come from us and uh colin aka you know the fake josh walks out and he asks if there's a pa around who can fetch him a bagel he's a bit peckish he's like wearing a towel wrapped around his waist um and then rebecca walks out completely naked she's like i'm ready let's do this everyone is shocked She says she tried on the stuff that Valencia gave her and it didn't work like the pasties, the bandeau, the nude bodysuit, the green screen underwear. None of that worked. She needs to not feel inhibited by anything right now.
0: The way that it just spirals so quickly in this scene to go from that to like, you know should we just do it like i guess we should just like have sex
2: yeah she's like if authenticity is what we're going for shouldn't we just do it for real and then she's wondering about like if they're supposed to use condoms or not and she's like we'll just do it once with and once without just Like cover
0: what? our basis and be safe
2: how does that solve anything
1: <laughs> boy is that spiral quick <laughs> verisimilitude that's why she wants verisimilitude
2: but this is this is the breaking point. Paula says, we're done. We're done. That's a wrap on the fake sex tape. <laughs> like, uh <laughs> that was one step too far. is <laughs> not gonna let that go any further. And Paula's saying to Rebecca, like, this is not a good plan. Like, why would you humiliate yourself like that? And this turns into a really serious moment because Rebecca says, like, I don't care what happens to me anymore. Like, I don't care i thought that this would make things become clear like i thought if i you know was face to face with someone who looked like josh like i would have more clarity i haven't seen the real josh since before he left me to become a priest and that really hit me because i was like yeah he just totally left her at the altar and she has not seen him since that is so tough And, you know, Rebecca says this was a horrible idea and she starts crying and Paula is still really supportive. Like, we're here to help you take down Josh, but not yourself at the same time. And then, of course, bringing in some humor, Colin walks out. He's in his clothes now. And he's like, uh, you know, I, I have a few line changes I can make to make Josh more sympathetic character. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just some tweaks.
2: Just some tweaks. Of course, that does not go over well in this room. And they all yell at him and make <laughs> him leave. And they're like, come on. <laughs> Which
0: is the correct response. Anytime someone tries to tell you that Josh is sympathetic in any way.
1: <laughs> Get them out of the room. It's gonna take more than tweaks. It's gonna take more than tweaks to that script.
2: So then we go to back to White Josh and Daryl. They are at therapy and they're talking to Dr. Copian. They have heard that Dr. Copian is great. Um, but then a little bit of a twist here, we see that this is not the Dr. Copian that we've seen with Rebecca a lot, it's her husband. and uh daryl and white josh start talking about the anteater and the baby thing and i think they just jump right in and don't really explain what's happening first and white josh is saying like you're too emotional daryl and daryl says that's who i am i'm enthusiastic and you chose me knowing that and he says you think i'm an idiot this idiot has done more with your idea in two days than you've done in two years this idiot co owns a very successful law firm. A successful law firm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- to cut in here, like, I think a successful law firm is still a good thing. Like, the difference between successful and very successful. I mean, owning a law firm I,
0: like that, I don't know. I don't own a law firm. That's <laughs> more successful than I am. So, you know.
2: He used to outright own it. Now he co owns it. That's still, that's still, yeah, impressive. he's doing fine. Yeah. Um, And he says he's a magnificent father. And he says, like, I'm going to, I'll stop it about the baby, but I'm a catch. Start acting like it. I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'm very pro. I feel like I'm very pro Daryl, especially like of the three of us. I loved Daryl here. I thought that he like explained his points very, very well. Um, I have to say, and I normally am a pretty big fan of White Josh as well. I cannot stand when people do the thing that white just did to Daryl in this, in this, uh, in this therapy session, when he brought up the uh, like the, you're too emotional, the airplane stuff. We have to like get our IDs. We have to go, like three hours early, whatever, get the stuff checked. It was like a funny joke, but like, it is clear that they've like argued about that before and people bringing up past arguments that you have already like talked to death and like, is the, a reflection of who the person is as like, Evidence or whatever to like try and prove your point for the current thing that you're talking about absolutely drives me up a freaking wall. And so it was like, because it's more of like an emotional attack against Daryl. It wasn't like White Josh was saying, I don't want to have a kid, and that's why we're fighting because we disagree on that. He was saying, You're too emotional, which, like, shut up, White Josh, like, it's Daryl, of course, he's overly emotional. Like, that's who Daryl is. You should know him at this point. And I think Daryl's like response there is just so well done. Um, I also have a slight beef of like he's White Josh has been working on this for two years and we haven't heard about it at all. That feels more like writing than like actual White Josh beef there. Um, but like Daryl is so right in in almost every part of this, and it just, I'm I'm very pro Daryl here. Daryl is a catch. He is emotional. He has done a lot for White Josh. He is successful. He is a great father. Um, and so I'm all for Daryl's response here in this.
1: The one one thing I'll say is I do agree. I like a lot of what Daryl says here is great. But the thing that kind of also almost proves white Josh's point about some of this stuff is that white Josh says something and Daryl's immediate response is what you think I'm an idiot, which is not even remotely what white Josh said. And White Josh even like, no, I, I do know that you are over emotional and I, I love that about you, but it can also drive me crazy, which is a thing that can happen. The things that you love about people can also drive you crazy at times. And so, and the fact that, w- that Daryl's whole thing is like, oh, uh, you know, oh, you think I'm an idiot? Like, no, that's not what I said. And then Daryl's whole speech, well, a great speech is all predicated on the fact that White Josh thinks he's an idiot, which is not what White Josh says. So that, that's my my problem with this is his whole argument is based off this thing that Daryl has taken and- blown up into this big thing uh which isn't really necessarily the the crux of their problem and so that's my problem with this like i think there's a lot of good stuff in there but for this whole thing well this idiot did this this idiot this is he never called you an idiot and yes he should consider you a catch because you are a great guy and he should you know consider your feelings and understand what he's getting himself into all of that is correct but the fact that it's the thing, the springboard for this is Daryl like overreacting and putting words in white Josh's mouth that weren't there. That's the part of this whole scene that really bothers me. I wish they had gotten to that end point in a different way. I think they could have easily, even if they just had said white Josh say, I think it's stupid or something like that, which I wouldn't have liked that coming from white Josh, but I feel like the the leap there felt like too much of a stretch. And so to me, that really impacts how the scene lands because I feel like it's, on like shaky territory to begin with and I, I agree a lot of it is great but that's like the the one ding that i have for the writing in this scene is that daryl takes this and goes off in a direction that wasn't really necessarily the direction that the argument should have started in
2: so the speech does get through the way josh he says you're right i'm sorry i've been a little judgy of you like my friends all say i'm judgy but i never listen to them because they're stupid idiots <laughs>
1: Yep. Facts. It's facts. Okay. Look at his friends and, you know.
0: <laughs> his friends are stupid idiots. So I will agree with that sentiment.
2: And they smile at each other and Dr. Akovian nods. And I love how Dr. Akovian didn't have to say anything to get them to this place. Like They totally just had this conversation in front of him and were able to come to an understanding.
1: Money well spent.
2: And then we go back to you know, Paula, Heather, Valencia, Rebecca, and Paula is saying, men are the worst. And Valencia says, Josh Chan, fake Josh Chan, all of them. Don't get me started on men. And then they repeat, don't get me started on men. Don't get me started on men. And then of course, we have the second song of this episode, which is called Let's Generalize About Men. And I am going to start it off by saying, This song is incredible, obviously amazing. I love every part of it. I didn't even write down the lines that I love because it was just like, I love them all. Like, if you want to know what I love about the song, listen to the whole song. Like, it's so good. I was watching this in the episode and I was like, so happy to be hearing this song. It's amazing. And one thing I'll point out that I have kind of forgotten because I mostly listen to this song as opposed to watching it. I love the giant hairspray bottle that they have in the the music video and all the colors. It's really incredible. I have just nothing but praise for it.
1: This is an amazing song. I love the song so much. It's been stuck in my head ever since I rewatched the episode. A couple days ago, it's just been like in my head constantly has that big 80s girl group vibe. It's very It's Raining Man is like the obvious influence for it, but it's not a direct rip off. It's like more of an homage to that style thing and just their their outfits and everything. Like the visuals are amazing. The song, the music is amazing. Super catchy. The lyrics are great. It's just phenomenal uh, from top to bottom. I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think it's one of the best songs uh, of the season here that we start off with right in the first episode, which is great. Uh, we started off season two with amazing songs, and I, we are starting off season three with amazing songs as well. I believe our preview last episode was me telling Lindy way back in the day first two songs of season three are spectacular. I stand by that. I absolutely love the first two songs of season three here in the first episode. Um, I also think that this is probably one of the more well-known songs of the show outside of the show itself. I don't know exactly what that list looks like, but I think that if people are, are familiar with some songs from the show, this this is could very well be one of them.
1: That makes sense, because it is one that's more divorced from plot than others. I mean, it's like inspired by the plot, but the song itself can be taken pretty easily to just be a song about women generalizing about men, you know, and most of the lines are, I don't know if there are any lines that really specifically reference Josh or Greg or Scott or anyone. The songs are are, all pretty, like, really general, uh, because they're generalizing. So, yeah, I think that definitely would uh, go a long way towards making it be able to be shared more easily than certain other songs.
2: As it should be. It's amazing. Um, And then they're all talking... And Rebecca's like, you're right, my ideas are terrible. And Valencia starts talking about how she's mad at Josh, like him leaving the wedding has ruined her business. Like I should sue him. And Paula hears that and says, sue him on behalf of Rebecca. Breach of contract. Financial damages. Like this is a great idea. And Heather thinks it's a great idea. Uh Valencia's like, uh, it's my idea. <laughs> and no one responds and um paula's talking about how like this is perfect because we can humiliate josh publicly but retain your dignity and rebecca's like it's hard to argue why that's not the perfect idea and they all start talking about how smart paula is (laughs) and i love this valencia's like am i dead (laughs) like no one is listening to her trying to claim her idea (laughs)
1: am i a ghost am i dead how did i die
0: yeah i love that line
1: of <laughs> how did i die
2: yeah i don't know why they weren't
0: giving her credit uh i like get it from paula's perspective that she wanted to take charge and feel more in control like i don't know why they weren't giving of credit there
2: i think they were just running with the idea and like just excited about it and just not really following it was very
0: over i mean a very over the top heather yeah. gave Paula high five like it was a very over-the-top scene yeah
1: but they're also pretty drunk at this point in time so i think that also plays into
0: that's a really good point actually yeah
1: and also in this i don't remember what this what the setup for it was but at some point someone says something and heather's response is brutal but true ha, huh. trudel yeah. which just cracked me up
2: Um, And then we see Paula after that. She comes home and she wakes up Scott. She's like, I'm so horny. Obviously, she's really excited about the suing idea. And as we said, she's been drinking. And he's like, I don't want to call you Tanya this time. Like, I don't want Tanya. I want you. And Paula says, yeah, that's good, though, because I killed her. Kidding. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. (laughs) Like,
0: Scott does it like three or four times throughout this scene but he does like a little like sleepy like laugh of just like <laughs> and he's just like so uncomfortable <laughs> with what is happening as well as like yeah I murdered her no I didn't yes I did like it was the
2: whole thing because it's Paula I would be like um can you can you clarify like yeah, you're joking just... right <laughs>
1: yeah like Paul, uh, Paula honey let's go down to the lie detector real quick just just for no reason <laughs>
2: uh but she tells him to call her paula so she you know she's feeling confident in herself again
0: good for them <laughs> i say very like unsure of that actual sentiment i like here, my, here's my problem with, with that whole situation i want them together I want them to like be together and be resolved and have. I want the, I want to like go back to that Scott throwing a rock through the door. I want the fun stuff from the two of them. Uh So like, I guess I'm glad at what has happened here, but boy, the road was rocky and not did not feel good.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they they had them get back together last season, and then some. Like, oh wow, we didn't really have. Scott earned his way back in. So we got to have something here that and and to be fair, like setting up a contract this go through is a very Paula move to do. That is like, you know, we have the whole Paula Rebecca friendship contract and all. So it feels like something that Paula would do trying to gain control over the situation. So I think character-wise, it makes sense, but it's still not a great thing to have to go through. And, yeah, I wish they would have skipped past it. We could have just accepted, oh, when she accepted him back in, she accepted him back in. You know, we didn't have to go through all of this.
2: Then we get the resolution with uh, Daryl and White Josh even further. (laughs) White Josh walks into Daryl's office in the anteater costume and he tells him he's going to think about the baby thing. And also that this costume is amazing. He's already gotten 500 pre-orders, so I have some ants to kill.
0: That was a very oh. funny line there, at the, with the ants to kill, and then ending it with the honk honk. <laughs> Just like going <laughs> white honk. Uh, I good for them. I say again, like very unsure about that. It doesn't feel resolved, right? Like even in this episode, when the you know josh is like saying he'll, he'll think about the baby it, like doesn't feel resolved there um and, i don't i don't know i tough. loved him I mean, wearing the anteater costume though that was really good stuff
1: yes to see white josh in the anterior costume is something that i never would, in a million years would have thought would have happened because that feels like something that white josh would have just been super judgy about and never would have actually uh, gone through with himself so to see him like admit that you had a good idea and do all that and be open to the idea of kids yeah like I said, it's not resolved. Their problems aren't resolved at all, but they at least have taken a step forward. Like the, uh, the therapy has done them good, uh, put them on the path towards maybe possibly working things out. But yeah, it's definitely a, uh, not like, yeah, we're going to have kids now. So it's, you know, moving forward a little bit, but there's definitely still room for the relationship to go one way or the other.
2: So we're at the end of the episode now. Uh, Paula and Rebecca are sitting in the conference room at the office. They're talking about their plan for suing Josh. And I absolutely love this because they are both wearing their Team Rebecca t-shirts. I personally also have one. It's amazing. I'm surprised you're
0: not wearing it right now, Lindy. Even though it's only us here and no one else will be able to see it. But uh, I certainly, I expected it.
2: I'm sorry. I should have, but I did not think about that.
1: I remember in the beginning of the podcast, we were like almost the first three episodes, like Lindy had some sort of memorabilia mm-hmm. that was like somehow related to the show. We thought yeah, that I, I couldn't keep
2: that up for every single episode. That was Lindy's merch corner. We were going to have that right
0: <laughs>
1: there, and then I don't know what happened.
2: Well, then I was going to talk about what I would have wanted from each episode, but yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, which reminds me, we haven't had an Adam's Kitchen corner uh, at all. Oh, this no. Episode. And there's only two things I can think of to think about, so we'll focus on the, uh, what do you think of ant protein bars, Adam?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I have eaten ants before in the form of, like, a like a snack. That's, uh, not, like, recreationally. I didn't, like, buy them at the store and then bought them. Um It was uh, late elementary school, early middle school. I forget what it was. We were doing some kind of science, whatever. And they were like cheesy ants. Apparently ants are actually good protein. And hypothetically, if you just whatever, like fry them, it's just going to taste like a crunchy whatever. Like at all. Yeah. You just like can't think about what it is. And you just (laughs) sort of have to like eat it. Um, But they weren't like bad. They didn't taste like anything really. I don't know. I haven't eaten an ant in a long time, and I probably am not going to eat one anytime soon.
2: I feel like if, yeah, if Josh got the recipe for his his bars right, like you probably wouldn't know there were ants in it in, unless you, you know, read the anteater label.
1: It's <laughs> funny because, like, one of the things that Daryl says whenever he's like testing him out is like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting the ants, which I don't think you really want. Uh, but then he lists all the other ingredients he can taste. Uh, uh, oh, there's the cinnamon, you know, but he definitely got the ants early on.
2: Uh, so back to Paula and Rebecca. Um, Paula brings up, like, oh yeah, like, who's Robert? And Rebecca's like, uh, what? <laughs> and Paula says, yeah, you mentioned him on the cliff, like, with all the other men. And Rebecca's like, oh yeah, he was my dog. Uh, he ran away and left me one day. Here again, we have Rebecca is not telling Paul everything about, about Robert and telling the same story that her mother told about how he's a dog. Um, And then a woman walks in and asks, are you Rebecca? And Rebecca's like, yeah. And she says, and this woman is so over this. She's like, I'm Nathaniel's date. He wanted you to see me. So this is what I look like. <laughs> she does not want to be here at all. And Nathaniel, like, rushes in. He's like, no, that's not how... Oh, whatever. And <laughs> she's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, he wanted you to see what I look like. And Nathaniel, like, gets her out of there and it's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, this plan totally backfired. Is that and-
0: something about, like, a casting agency? Yeah, like, he basically hired
1: a i think he basically hired an actress to come in and make rebecca jealous yeah okay
0: if you're hiring an actress for this and she's like out within the first 30 seconds of the job maybe hire a different actress like you're paying her money and she's this over it like what is happening here this is the gig
1: like what do you mean i know she's not a good actress that's that's my god (laughs) or maybe she is a good actress and she's like wait i thought it was coming here for an acting gig but you're just wanting to show me all uh, i think it could be like she thought she's showing up for an actual like video or something just like that and cash it. you know and
2: paula's like i don't even know what that was and Rebecca's response again is just amazing she's like i do but honestly it's it's so heartbreaking i can't i can't even <laughs> like, yes. She thinks so little of Nathaniel right now. She's not even going to explain. I just love the way their dynamic just totally shifted and it's hilarious. And Paula and Rebecca are talking about the law. Um, Paula says, like, this is going to make you feel better. I know it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because what could be more emotionally satisfying than parsing the fine points of tortious interference, as Rebecca says?
2: Nothing, really. I mean, that yeah, is—I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, me either. <laughs> um, and Paula's like, "This is that. This is so much better than pooping in a container." I'm glad you got that out of your system. <laughs> Rebecca's like, You're "Yeah, this is way system, better. All right, this is way better." And then we cut to this. I don't know if this is did like... Did Todd just make a poop joke and we moved? Yes, Todd did.
1: To yes, Todd did. Todd had to Wait. get out of his system, too.
2: Wait, I'm so sorry. I kind of... missed missed Todd's poop what joke? Did he say oh,
1: my gosh.
2: Paula yeah. said she well, had to yeah. get out of her
1: system. And I said she had to get out of her system. She gets out of her system, all right.
2: So oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm so sorry. I was, like, trying to move to the next scene. But I missed that. I, I almost let
0: you do it too and i was like "Wait, oh my god we got a poop joke from todd <laughs> what
2: is this podcast
1: you've broken me that's what todd is
2: yeah, todd calling out adam making yeah. a joke like that like chaos. what is happening
0: yeah it's this is madness
2: i'm here for it though but he hasn't
0: insulted me once
2: What's have I not? On? I thought I, I thought don't know you it. probably have I don't know <laughs> I <was gonna> say, <laughs> it just doesn't
0: feel like it because I'm so attacked from Todd here. I it feels like you're the nice
1: one this yeah,
2: time. Like,
1: I make the one comment at the beginning thing and it has carried through the entire thing. Yes.
2: I love this. anything mean I said you've already forgotten this' is it's great. already yeah
0: it's already gone <laughs> made
1: the because of one commenting song. <laughs>
2: So we got one little last scene here. Um, We cut to Rebecca. She is spraying air freshener in her bathroom and there is a container on the counter on which she writes to Josh, cupcakes from Jesus and a smiley face. (laughs) And she looks in the mirror and she laughs. You just hate to see it. You just love to see it. (laughs) I loved it.
1: (laughs) I, I love the evil deranged laughter. I didn't love what preceded the evil deranged yeah. laughter. That
2: was really... I love the smiley face. <laughs> this isn't nefarious at all.
0: <laughs> totally normal cupcakes.
1: Yeah, but she, but she didn't include the full note which she talked about before, which is like, here's some delicious cupcakes. Please eat, but do not smell before eating them. She left left out that part of the note, so I don't know if it's gonna work.
2: And that's our episode.
0: And that's the episode. Season 3.
2: Episode 1
0: of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, I think a pretty good episode. Pretty good start to Season 3. Uh, the only other thing I do want to flag here, we don't yet have a Season 3 theme song. And so, uh, you know, something to sort of be on the lookout for. Um, hasn't happened yet. But the thing that is about to happen, I am incredibly excited as we get into a new season of Todd's Game Corner! Ah the premiere of season three of Todd's Game Corner. Now, uh, you know, we don't, we, I don't want to rehash this too many times here, but the first two seasons uh, did go incredibly well for me and not quite as well for Lindy. We varied on how we started each season though. I, I still very vividly remember the very first game of season one where I got trounced into oblivion. Lindy, how are you feeling going into season three?
2: I no longer have high expectations for myself here. I have been so disappointed in the past and I'm just here, but it is a clean slate and Mm -hmm. Adam has already predicted that I'm going to take the lead in the early stages this season. So I am going to hope for the best, but we'll see. I guess the one thing in my favor, potentially, yes. is that we do have a lot of guests signed up this season. And I am hoping, I am hoping so much that they choose to help me because I need it.
0: Well, it's zero, zero, Lindy. You certainly don't need it yet. History
2: shows I need it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what happens today. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. I have no idea what the quiz is going to be. Todd, what do you have for us on the premiere episode of season three
1: of Todd's Game Corner? So early on in the episode, when Rebecca is getting all of her stuff and preparing to make her transformation into the uh, dark haired, evil version of herself, one of the things that she uh, buys along with that, or actually rents, are some movies about scorned women. So, uh, I found a list of some of the a uh, best scorned women movies in cinema and we're going to do a little word scramble game. So, I'm going to place a the title, a scrambled version of these movie titles in the chat and I will be giving clues as time goes along and uh first one to yell out the correct answer will get a point. Until becomes clear with neither one of you can get it which is possible in this one i realize with movie titles um some of these are older titles i feel like most of them are titles that a uh, you guys will still be familiar with but a, uh as a uh, adam's game proved i'm not always up on i have a a very eclectic knowledge of things but i one thing i don't necessarily have is knowledge of what is popular and well known to people outside of myself my own weird brand of knowledge so We'll see how you guys do on this. But you should have heard of most of these, I believe.
0: But we'll see. I don't so even have one in my head that I'm thinking of. Usually when we do The word scrambles, I have like one or two that like I'm, you know,
1: kind of thinking of. I have nothing right now. So these are all movies whose plots revolve around women who have been treated unkindly, unfairly, and then uh, seek some sort of revenge on a person or the world in general, uh, it's not always necessarily like violent revenge, but it is like sort of pe- uh, women kind of striking back at the you know patriarchy type thing. So, well, we
2: love that, but <laughs> yes,
1: we do, of course. <laughs> well, we
2: know what they are, we don't know, <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know, and that's that's why you'll be getting clues uh, along right. the way. Uh, I'm excited we'll see, see if any of them help you guys out. Um, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, you yeah, we don't have to go to a tiebreaker because I have no idea what we'll do. So, uh, <laughs>
2: how many questions are there?
1: So we're going to have a, a four for sure. If you're tied after four, we'll have a fifth one, and after that, then we'll have to see. So totally we're anyway. not tied.
2: How would we yeah. be tied after that?
1: Uh, well, if there's there. We've had that in the past where there are examples where oh, neither we one can't get it. I, uh, oh, I always think of we the We suck the, so bad. The Wednesday and Pugsy Adams a example where neither one of you could think of a uh, the Adams kids names. So I, you, I you, knew, you knew what I was talking about, but name. you didn't know the names of the Adams kids. Uh so anyway. Okay. Uh, let's so rock and roll. Our very first one is a hasted Linoleum. Oh my gosh. A hasted linoleum. So this film is probably not necessarily thought of as a scorned woman film quite as much as some of the <laughs> others are. But I think it's also one of the more well-known of this. And it's about a, a pair of women, actually. Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise is indeed oh! in the film. So Lindy out to the early lead with Woo! one point. There
0: you go. That's the early lead that I was predicting. <laughs> Don't use it all up. I hope not.
1: (laughs) All right, next one is "Fanatical Art Cop." Oh my
2: gosh! Fatal Fatal Attraction.
1: Fatal Attraction is indeed the one, and actually, that is one of the films that Rebecca rented in the episode, which is going to be one of my clues if you guys were able to get it. So, all right, Lindy up to a two nothing lead right now. He's about to win the first game here. All right. Next up, a Einite uh, oven. I Night oven. So this one is actually a comedy. Um, it's a little bit older than the other two that we we're talking about. Um, is probably most well known for its theme song, which was also the title of the film. Uh, the film starred Dabney Coleman, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin and the person who sang the song Dolly Parton a, 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 the story of 9 to someone, 5 Nine to five is indeed the name of the movie I figured the song <laughs> stuff was going to be the thing that was going to give it to you guys I, gonna, I, have, I yeah. have no I, idea I, that was a movie <laughs> <laughs> my next clue is going to be like it's set in an office and they rebel against their <laughs> boss I uh, figured that oh, would have been the thing that tips it over all right so what now, i needed to
0: bring to this quiz some music
1: there we go no. all right and so uh, and so question number four uh can love mobile lol can love mobile lol oh my god now this is a uh, the most recent of all the films that a uh in the quiz. It's a more action-oriented film and the main character is someone who is going on a rampant rampage of vengeance. Um, it's a little bit of a martial arts thing to it. Um, it is part of a couple of films uh, which <laughs> is reflected in the title so it is not just the title itself. Um,
0: uh
1: Ah! Kill, uh, Bill uh, Kill Bill Volume One. <laughs> Kill Bill Volume One is <laughs> indeed three. Damn it. When he was just yeah. trying to get that three in there. Yeah. So, oh boy. All right. Now here's the one that a uh the tiebreaker now. Well, if none of us get this, then we're really screwed. Yeah, well, I do. I do have something I'm gonna I'm gonna do as a tiebreaker. I, I came up with that earlier, actually. Uh, so, but we'll see if you guys. But this is also the film that I was least a uh, confident that you guys are going to uh, be familiar <laughs> with. So we'll see. I oh,
2: know.
1: Uh, so it is Wistful Birch's Vet. Wistful Birch's Vet. And this is a film from the late '90s. Um. The plot of this film is three uh, older women who had all been left by their husbands because the husbands had taken younger wives and the three women get together and decide that they're going to seek some sort of revenge on their husbands for leaving them. Uh, Stars Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton as the members of this group of wives who are mad because their husbands now have second wives, and if the fact that I have been talking about the fact that these are,
0: I'm one second... word off. Todd. One second,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the these uh, secondary spouses are upset uh, because they are, their group is no longer married. And if that doesn't give it to you, then I'm not sure what. Can I is. say two of the words? uh, you can say two of the words uh, (laughs) uh, Oh no! and then see what that gets you Uh, might might give it to Lindy Um, yeah I think unless one of you has a guess I'm going to have to call it just because this is going to be dead air otherwise because I don't really have any if the clues I've given you so far haven't given it to you then you probably do not know the movie so, Adam, if you want to try to throw your guess out there, this is going to be Let's your last call it. in three, two, one. All right. That's time. What were the words you had? I have Adam? rich and wives. Uh, so you have one of the words right. Oh, it was, was actually the first wives club. Isn't ah. it? Um, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, so we are tied after five questions. So now it's going to be the uh the wonderful a uh, guess of uh, like how close can you get to this number a uh, game uh, so fatal attraction is <laughs> a uh the, the film that i decided to go with and we're gonna go with a uh, fatal attractions rating on imdb out of 10 stars and it's with decimals so <sighs> a uh both of you send a guess of what you think a, a fatal attraction's current rating is on IMDb, and the closest will win if you both are equidistant from it without you know the one who is close without going over will be the one who wins it. If you both give me the same number, then we'll pick another one of the movies to do. Lindy, have you ever seen it? I've never even seen this movie. No,
2: of course not. It's a movie.
1: Okay, okay, right. okay. just, <laughs> yeah. make sure I'm not alone just there. think of here talking to their Adam. So, uh,
0: you said it's out of 10.
1: Yeah, it's the ten star system, but it includes decimals. It so, uh, Todd, do you like it? Is it a good movie? I yeah.
0: can't.
2: <laughs> He's trying to get information, Todd.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> information could it could help you as well, though. Sure, that.
2: Uh, okay, you yeah. can say you can say what you think of it.
1: I haven't seen it since it first came out which was in the 80s I will tell you that my mom nearly like broke my dad's hand at one scene whenever Glenn Close says you think she's dead and she pops out of the bathtub it's like this big jump scare and we're watching it at home and my mom just screams her head off because she was so scared by the jump scare so alrighty I have Adam's answer
2: of course you do I answer. don't like Glenn- these number ones because they're so easy to get really wrong but okay here's my guess I guess <laughs>
1: Alrighty, So, <laughs> so Adam guessed eight point five. Lindy guessed eight point four, and the answer is a very nice six point nine. So Lindy ah! wins the game.
0: I 5. won. I won! I oh my won! gosh! Amazing.
2: I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm so excited. <laughs> Wow! I won by point one of a point.
0: Woo. It does not get much closer than that. That's for sure. Lenny, you, you, you should do some celebrating. You're one and zero on the quiz. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know what to say when I win. It's not common. <laughs> this feels great. Uh, this is a wonderful start. I am gonna feel a lot better, you know, going into next week's game having one win. This is
0: this is a great start amazing um we'll see how long the lead lasts if it can persist throughout the season uh but regardless lindy off to a 1-0 start putting herself in prime position here as we again i believe have 13 episodes of season three so seven points to clinch the game yet again um but that's it that's todd's game corner the final thing that we have to do today is give out some pretzels and say who made us truly happy my pretzels this week are quite simple Uh, the first song and the second song. I already said this. I think at the end of last episode. Regardless, these both get vibes for me. This is so easy for me. I really love both of the songs and what they do for the show. And at the start of the season here, so easy five pretzels for me throughout both songs. Uh, but we can start with where's Rebecca Bunch? Chat. Uh, what did you rate? Where's Rebecca Bunch? Yeah, I
1: think the last episode you said that you thought we might wind up with two full bowls of pretzels to start. Well, I certainly
0: don't think that now, but I did. I was like,
1: oh man, yeah, a. uh, hate the pressure bubble but yeah uh, but it is I, I like the song a lot but it's not a perfect song for me but it's going to get a really high score from me so i'm going to give where's your a bunch uh 4.8 okay that's pretty good um i
0: guess i will say the one thing about the song if one of your criteria is like playability outside of the show then this probably isn't going to be super high i've already protested plenty about that being a criteria for a the fact that we're watching a show with music in it, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Lindy, where's your record bunch um, out of five?
2: We are rating songs. Why should playability <laughs> not be a factor? Because we're also talking about the TV show and the context within the show is very important. And I take both into consideration. Thank you very much. Just um just
0: looking at that five for duh. And I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah, because I took
2: both of those into consideration and uh-huh. it turned into a full five.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you took everything into consideration here. What did, what did Rebecca Bunch get?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. It ranks low for me on playability outside of the show because I never have sought this out. However, it ranks pretty high in terms of watching it on the show. I love how everyone's involved. You know, it's, it's great to watch. It's fun. I love, you know, Rebecca symbolically stepping on the pretzel, you know, Buying all the stuff I'm so glad I paid attention to the movie titles because I had fatal attraction in my head before we started the game which really helped me out here so I'm going to give the song a four
0: four from Lindy uh okay second song let's generalize about men I already said full five Lindy what about you
2: this is the most obvious five like obviously I'm giving it a five it's incredible five from Lindy and Todd
1: yeah, if you'd said at least one of the songs was gonna full bowl of pretzels last week, I wouldn't have <laughs> got poor Adam because yeah, this is obviously a full bowl of pretzels. This is an amazing song on every uh, conceivable uh, criteria. So yeah, five pretzels. I would have been shocked had that not received a
0: full bowl of pretzels. Um Okay, final thing here. Who made us truly happy, Lindy? We'll start with you. Who made you truly happy this episode?
2: Well. Um, There was someone in this episode who was consistently entertaining me, and I loved the performance and the lines. It was funny and heartfelt, and that is none other than Rebecca Bunch. I loved her in this episode. Just the dramatic reveal in the office meeting and her funny plans that are terrible And her dynamic with Nathaniel, it all worked for me. And so I have to go with Rebecca.
0: Wow. I will bet dollars to donuts. Todd is not going to also pick Rebecca here. Todd, who made
1: you truly happy this episode? Uh, You know me so well, Adam. Uh, I will say uh, I will co-sign that Rachel Bloom's performances episode is outstanding. All the scenes with her being evil, Rebecca, are just amazing all the conference room scenes i just love all of that so much but there's enough rebecca does this episode that i cannot say that she made me truly happy uh for me the character who i think made me the happiest in this episode was heather i think heather had a, a some great lines the scarecrow line the mime line but she also had that wonderful moment where she psychoanalyzes Paula's marital relationship, and then it doesn't go back to like her being a student or classic. Like, oh no, that's just me, and it's just so Heather and so perfect. And most of the other characters did something at least at one point in time that made me go, eh, yeah, it's not great. So this episode, Heather's the one who gets my truly happy point. Yeah, I think we could have seen that coming from a
2: mile. Away <laughs> I know, there. right? I was like, big surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, of
0: course, have to pick Maya for her one line. The no, I'm not actually picking <laughs> Maya. Um, <laughs> just have to keep her competitive with Heather. is how it's going to start pumping points over there. Um, I, like, thought about Rebecca. I actually did genuinely think about Heather as well. Unfortunately, Rebecca just did so much this episode that did not make me happy in any way whatsoever that I was just like, mm, I don't think so. Um, however, I am going to give it to our B plot today and I'm going to give it to Daryl. I think I really liked Daryl standing up for himself. There was that, um, I I will say I don't love when Daryl and White Josh are fighting. I think they have very legitimate issues that they should talk about and they maybe probably don't handle it in the best way all the time, but I really loved that Daryl moment in the therapy session when he like finally stood up for himself. Um, we love, you know, kind of making sure that you see yourself with value, um, and he is a catch. Daryl is absolutely a catch. So I'm all for Daryl here uh, with my truly happy point. And I think with that, that is our episode. Season 3, episode 1 of One Describable Podcast. We clocked it in under two hours. Incredible work, all of us here. We absolutely love to see that. Um, yeah, that's so exciting. The The one announcement that I do have here before we get out of here is that next week, we'll be back, of course, season 3, episode 2 Uh, I believe we have a very special guest coming on. We have kind of a string of guests here at the first half of season three. Um,
2: Lindy, who's going to be here next week? Our guest for next episode is Austin. Yay! Austin is returning to the podcast. It's going to be really great to hear all his insights and interesting to see who he will choose to team up with.
0: It will be. Austin famously... The only person who has ever fixed Team Adam, Uh, you know, he came out here and we got the win. And now Lindy is already in the lead here for Season 3. So we'll see what happens there as Asa Smith will be joining us next week for uh, our coverage of Season 3, Episode 2. Um, But that's next week. Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at?
2: Find me on Twitter at TVLindy, T V L N D Y, and our podcast Twitter, one Podcast. That's O-N-E-C-X-G Podcast.
1: Amazing, Todd. What are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at librarian todd because Todd librarian was too many characters. You can also find me twice a month over at Twitch.tv/dmphilly, where I'm part of a Wheel of Time based Dungeons and Dragons actual play stream, where I get to play a male channeler who is slowly losing his mind. Uh, maybe not so slowly. We'll see. Uh, but that'll be Sundays, uh, like twice a month. Uh, not to say every other week, but we do do it twice a month. And then you can also catch up either on the video on demand or on Philly's YouTube uh, channel eventually. And I think I mentioned last time that I recently was on the uh, post show recaps, theater movie reviews podcast with Ariel and grace talking about the horror movie X. And hopefully sometime soon you will hear me on the shit. 90 show uh, taught me shit. ah, Shit. 90 shows taught me podcast talking about Dawson's Creek. Oh my gosh,
2: we're Uh, all going to have been on it at that point, talking about Dawson's Creek.
1: Yeah, I'm supposed to be, uh, at the time this uh, records, I'll be recording my episode in like a couple of weeks, and so it'll probably wind up dropping not too long after this drops, so. That's incredibly exciting. We all,
0: I think, have some interesting Dawson's Creek takes. Uh, no one agrees with any of my Dawson's Creek takes. So it feels <laughs> like they're a very wrong. normal show. They're wrong. Um, That's why I'm It just no feels one like agrees. a very normal c- circumstance there for me to have those incredibly correct takes that people don't uh, agree with. In- um, you <laughs> I am, of course, Adam H. You can find me on Twitter PianoManAdam1. You can also find me on the PSR Discord, literally all the time running Dungeons and Dragons games. We're still trying to get Lindy in there. Um, I don't know what's happened to that effort. We need to get Lindy uh, to be playing DD over there. I We're need to talk to Justin Sarah again.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, this is your call. You got to get on Lindy about that again.
0: Yeah, uh, that certainly does need to happen. But the most important place that you can find me is right back here, where we will be back next week, talking season three, episode two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with our very special guest Austin Smith. And until then, bye.